0: I hate to say superficial, it's not necessarily superficial, but probably uh, within, in the future here, I'm going to get into it in just a little bit more detail. I'm trying to jump back and forth. I I want to stay with Proverbs, but I'm also working in in, uh, what I consider uh, the ministry of uh, faith and spiritual ministry, and uh, I'm going to talk about the ministry of spiritual gifts tonight. And again, we are going to lay a foundation. I'm not going into the depths of, of all of this, but it's something I feel like that, that we have to. I've taught on it in times past, but as people often do, a lot of it goes over their heads, or some of it, you know, you get distracted and you don't pick it up. It takes a great deal of teaching and preaching of the same thing for some people to be able to grasp it. Unless you stay really prayed up, and you do have to, you can grasp some of these things a little easier as you stay prayed up. But if you're not, you might get a, just a little bit here and there. But eventually, if you desire to be in a spiritual ministry, you have to make the decision that I'm going to be a spiritual person because it does, it, you're not going to have a spiritual ministry without that. And we're going to talk about that. It's good to see Hannah back. She sent me a text and said that she was coming. I just looked back and seen her right like there. She's a little and dainty, and I can't hardly see her, when she's. how's things going up in Indianapolis? Good. Are you learning anything? Good. Good. You're pretty smart already. You keep learning, I'm not going to have you preach anymore. <laughs> You'll be smarter than I am. I don't need that. <laughs> well, it's good to see you. So good to see you. John, the fourth chapter. Verses 11 and 12, John the 4th chapter. I'm going to, it should be coming up in the Amplified. I'm going to read it off by, uh, the screen behind me. And uh, I'm wanting the Amplified, if you would. The Amplified. Okay. I want you to look at this. Roaring deep calls to roaring deep at the thunder of your water spouts, all your breakers and your rolling What? Oh, my goodness. I thought that wasn't right. <laughs> the woman saith in him, sir. I like that. I'm going to have to come back to that one. That was pretty good. No, don't go back now. Well, now we're in King James. Go to the Amplified. Now we'll just read out of King James and watch it come to the Amplified. The woman saith unto him, sir. Got <laughs> <do> it now? <laughs> okay. She said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, no drawing bucket. You know, I preached on that to you a couple Sundays ago. No drawing bucket, and the well is deep. How then can you provide living water? Where do you get your living water? Are you greater than and superior to our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well and who used to drink from it himself and his sons and his cattle also? Now, I want you to note this. She said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. No drawing bucket. Let's pray right now together. Father, we thank you for your blessings. We ask you to touch, strengthen, be with us. Help us, God, in this time, Jesus, of need for each and every one, for all of us, God, in the church and for our country, Jesus, as well. Bless them, bless Israel. Touch them, God, in a great way. I ask now, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. I think that all of us can agree that we no longer live uh, much in the age of wells and uh, that kind of thing. I mean, we have wells, but not too many of us have to go out to a well, and drop a bucket down into the bottom of it to bring it up. I can remember as a child that we, we had to do that. We lived in a place, and I remember very uh, distinctly uh, as my my mother had to drop a bucket. Now, maybe the, the well wasn't that deep, but it looked to me like it was 500 feet deep down to the water. She had to drop it in, and she'd pull it up and I remember one particular time that we were drawing water up out of this uh it it's probably more of a cistern well slash something of that nature, but as she as we were pulling the bucket of water up, we looked off to the side, and there was a snake on the side or in the water, so you know you were drinking the same water that the snake was participating in doing whatever snakes do in the water, so uh, you know that was part of it and that was that that was some years ago, and we don't longer do too much of that what we live now in the uh, we live in the space age, the computer age, the you know, the internet age, the you know, electronic age if you will. we we live in this time. And and by the fact that we do that, sometimes we we forget that we still have to as God's people, there's something that's expected out of us. That we, as God's people, still have something that God has, has given to us, has injected into us, that gives us the power to be able to draw some deep things. And we may not necessarily do it with buckets and ropes, but we are no, we're not going to do it with, with the Internet either. It's not going to happen with uh, the ability to get on a computer and come up with a good message to preach. It's not going to happen that way. It's going to take, and Brother Hill made that statement a little earlier, it's going to take an anointing. And it's got to be an ongoing anointing that gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And as we grow and progress in the Holy Ghost, we have to grow and progress in the anointing. It's not just a matter of knowing. It's a matter of knowing and being. I have to be what I believe that God wants me to be. It's one thing to know how. It's something else to do it. It's something else to be able to participate. It's one thing to watch someone sitting down here uh, they, they, can, they can give an interpretation to a message in tongues. It's something else when you are giving the interpretation to a message in tongues. It's one thing for a person to prophesy. It's something else for you to prophesy. What I am saying is this. What one person can do in the kingdom of god everybody has the ability and has the same spirit that they can also do the same thing so we live in a time when we need more than electronics we need more than facebook we need something deeper and we do have something to draw with we do have something to draw with the woman at the well represents the world And Jesus represents the church because that's what's being said here. The world looks at the church and it said the well is deep. You don't have anything to draw with. Well, I want you to know that we do have something to draw with. And whenever we decide to step out of what we are and become what God wants us to be, we will draw from the deep places that God has ordained for us to draw from. That is a promise that we have. The world thinks it has the answers with its its reason, its intelligence, and that we have no access to the deep things. They think that through reason you can find the answers. You can find why you know why are we here? Why why is the world the way that it is? Why is there stars in the sky? Why is there a sun? Why is there a moon? all these these questions that people have that really don't make a, a lick of difference one way or the other. The one thing is to understand that there was a creator of all these things. I don't really have to know why something operates the way that it operates all i need to know is the one that put it all into existence and if i know that one that puts it all into existence then you don't have to give me all the details friend just give me his address so i can get to know him just a little bit better reason won't get us to the water at the bottom of the well but we do And I want to say this over and over and over again. We do have something to draw with. Now Romans 11.33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Psalms 42 verse 7. It's going to be coming up behind me. Psalm 42 verse 7. Roaring deep calls to roaring deep at the thunder of your water spouts. All your breakers, all your rolling waves have gone over me. Notice this. Roaring deep calls to roaring deep. Go to the next one, the next Psalms. These see the works of the Lord and His wonders, what? In the deep. Habakkuk 3.10. Habakkuk 3.10. I have back a vision saw the tents of Kushan, probably Ethiopia, in affliction. The tent curtains of the land of Midian trembled. Were you displeased when the rivers, with the rivers, O Lord? Or was your anger against the rivers you divided? Was your wrath against the Red Sea that you rode before upon your horses and your chariots of victory and deliverance? He saw the tents of Kushan, probably in Ethiopia. Was that the entire Let's Go on the next, yes. Your bow was made quite bare, sworn to the tribes of Israel by your sure word. Were the rods of chastity. Chastisements, scourges, and calamities, silah pause and calmly think of that with rivers, you cleave the earth, bringing forth waters in dry places. The mountains saw you, they trembled and writhed as if in pain. The overflowing of the water passed by as at the deluge. the deep uttered its voice, and it lifted its hands on high. Every time you, but you you see anything that concerns the power of God, you're going to see it associated with the depth that God has. We do, ne- we, we do not quite understand how to plumb the depths of God. And God has not ordained for His church to be something that has no power. We are not a powerless group of people sitting and just saying, this is the way to live, so I can go to heaven. Yes, I want to go to heaven. And yes, I want to live right. But I also so know that there are depths to be plumbed right now, right here, tonight. And it's something that God is going And the more that you decide that you want to do it, and the more you begin to pour yourself into it, the more you're going to find obstacles in your way. But the more the obstacles, the closer you're going to get. The more that you have difficulties coming your way, the closer you're going to get to getting to the bottom of the well and drawing the things that God has for the church. Praise God. Philippians, Philippians 3, verses 7 to 10, I, I want to show you something. <clears throat> but what things were gained to me, this is Paul speaking to the church of Philippi, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I counted all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may... Now I want you to notice this. Stop right there, but faith. Look what he says. He says, I have suffered the loss of all things. I count everything waste, that I may win Christ. I read this the other day, and it's like a light came on. The next the next few words, and be found in him. You are baptized into Christ through water baptism in Jesus' name. Baptized into Christ. Paul was already baptized when he made this statement. But look what he says that I and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness. Now, this is just Robertson Revelation. I have yet to be able to 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 nail, nail this down scripturally, but this is what I believe. I believe that when you're baptized into Christ, you're in Him, and if you do not grow in Him, you will find yourself outside of Him. Now, I want you to note this: this this verse of scripture. Again, now, this was given to me. <laughs> Uh, in a time of great deal of pain. I was complaining to God. I was upset. I said, nine months of this, God, I've, I've had enough. And he brought this scripture to me. He actually spoke this scripture, and I looked it up later. He spoke this to me. <clears throat> and he told me then, he said, you want an apostolic church, this is what you're going to have to have. <clears throat> and I looked at this, and I reread it and reread it, and he said, and be found in him. So I, I, can, I can say that if Paul, who was, who was already baptized into Jesus Christ, thought that there was a possibility of not being in christ unless everything else was found to be nothing to him waste he said i'm going to put everything aside everything's waste nothing is good all i want to do is to be found still in him and going on not having mine own righteousness this is another key which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Jesus Christ. We, as God's people, still do not quite grasp the aspect of faith. That's why God said Himself, Will I find faith when I return? Because if we do not have enough faith to believe, so many of you, so many of you are dealing with problems that you have dealt with for years and years and years. Same problems, same sin, same uh, depression, same anger, same whatever it is that you're dealing with. and, And that happens. That happens as a result of not having enough faith in Jesus to overcome them. It's not a matter of doing it by sheer willpower. You will never clean up by willpower. You cannot clean. Clean yourself up. But if you believe God can do it for you, and every time you foul up, you turn it back to Him, you give it back to Him and say, Jesus, I am not able to do this. You have got to handle this for me. I am making what effort I can. I'm saying no to myself, but I am too weak. And He says that when you are weak, then He is strong. And if I can trust in His strength, then I can know that God can deliver me from whatever difficulty I am dealing with. He said, not having mine own righteousness, which is by the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. We should be able to stop right there. That's enough. He says, I'm going to do all this so I can do the next. Do you get that? All this that I've just done, I did this to get to this point. Now this is where I'm trying to get, that I may know him. That I may know him intimately. That's what know means. And the power of his resurrection. To understand what, and and this is what you look at it in the original, what he's saying here is to understand what the resurrection really is to me, both morally and physically. And that's what it says. It's not a matter of just the physical resurrection of the dead. He's saying that I can be resurrected morally. I don't think you get that. There again, if we try to take care of our own morality on our own, we're going to fail. But I have faith in Him to help me with this, to do this, to give me the strength I need when I feel so weak. If I can trust Him and believe Him, then my moral character will go up. But this, He does all this to get to this, so I can understand the resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering. I, I'm going to let everything be waste I'm, I'm going to give everything away. Everything that I used to do as a as, as a as a Pharisee amongst Pharisees. All the Christian persecution that I used to do. I did it with vehemently with all that I had within me. I did it with my whole heart. I believed it. Now if I can turn this around and realize that my whole life was a waste. And that I'm turning all this back over to God. If I can do that then. I can get to know him and the power of his resurrection and be able to suffer along with him. I'm giving it away so I can suffer. Everything else outside of suffering and resurrection is a waste. Kind of <clears throat> makes you see things a little differently, doesn't it? kind of opens up maybe 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 all of you had this together it took me a little while to figure all this out and and sometimes it takes months uh, of understanding i i had a discussion today with uh, a person in the church and uh, came in church under my ministry and and they made a statement that, you know he was talking about some of the difficulties that he was having and and he said, you know, I've realized it long, because we've discussed this before, and I've made this statement that you never get healed from old age. He said, one thing I've discovered, he said, as I get older, he said, I believe in the power, and I, I had said this to him, we both had talked about this before, I believe in the power of healing more than you will ever know, but I believe the appropriate power of healing. And when I say the appropriate power of healing, I don't think God wants any of us to have to, to you know, to, to, to beg and whine and carry on Uh, in pain I don't think we should have to endure it but I do think that we should and do have to endure it for a season Okay, I believe that but on the other side of it as you get older you begin to realize that the true purpose of healing and miracles and, and the things that I'm going to be talking about is for the sake and if you look through the scripture it was the sake of seeing people understand the power of God And so that those people can be saved and made ready for heaven. That's what this is all about. And as you get older, you realize this and just getting healed right now is not such a big deal. The, The big deal right now is that I'm ready to make it because I don't have that much longer. And if the church begins to understand that as well, regardless of your age, it's not a matter. Of how many great miracles can happen for each and every one of us? What matters is that if it does happen, that someone can be saved. And what matters for me personally is that my life is ready in line with Jesus Christ, so that I can make it to heaven. Everything that God has done, everything that God will ever do, is is for the exempt, or is for the, the the reason of getting people ready to go to heaven. He doesn't care so much about what this world has to offer, what this world can do. It doesn't matter to him. It doesn't matter to him how wealthy or how not wealthy you really are. What really matters to him is how much are you ready to go to heaven. Are you ready to make? He wants to be with his people. Now, I realize that God doesn't want us. I don't think we should be with without finances. I think God will take care of His people. I've preached on that. I believe that. But I also believe that as we, as our soul, as the Bible says, as our soul prospers, then we can prosper physically and financially as well. I would that you prosper even as your soul has prospered. As the soul man prospers, then everything else prospers. The, the, the idea is we are going to go to heaven one day. And I got to be ready to go to heaven. It's not a matter of me saying. Oh you know I, I, I don't. Uh, I, I'm not ready to, to leave this world behind. Somewhere along the line. We better be ready to leave this world behind. Somewhere some group of people. Is going to be caught up to meet him in the air. Because if that scripture is not true. Then none of the rest of it is. Now. Bear with me a minute. Cain, because people have such a, a, a desire to reason things out. Cain, Cain reasoned that worship should be beautiful. This is what Cain's problem was. So what did Cain do? He brought the brightest colored fruits and vegetables that he had. It should be beautiful. Okay? Reason tells you worship should be beautiful. I'm just giving you as a, as an example. This is what Cain thought. I brought the brightest colored pumpkins, the best colored watermelons, and the nice tomatoes and all the other, the apples and the, and the oranges and the lemons and limes and all. What a colorful uh, group that I had here. And God should just pick this up and say, this is great because it's beautiful. Now, Abel brought an offering based upon revelation. Somewhere along the line, everything that I'm saying will have to go into your heart, and it can only go into your heart through revelation. I know that sounds a little bit silly, but for you to finally give up and say, hey, you know, the most important thing in my life right now is that I do things right so I can have my soul ready to go to heaven. And if I do that, then my soul's prospering. And then everything else will work out. I'll be able to be a soul winner. I'll be able to deal with my family. Because you see, I really don't care what anybody thinks anymore. It's not a matter of being colorful. It's a matter of having revelation. Okay? So Abel's offering was dripping with blood. Revelation always drips with blood. Reason always does away with the blood. Colorful but no blood. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10 says this, Yet to us God has unveiled and revealed them by and through His Spirit, for the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels and the things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. Notice this, sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, bottomless. You never reach the end of what God has for us. Never do you reach the end. I believe that I have, well, I know I have been for some time. And I think all of us are to some degree. We're tired of the shallow. I have been. But the Spirit, and only the Spirit reveals the deep. Only the Spirit reveals the deep. Wise men were warned in a dream. Think about this. Joseph warned in a dream. <laughs> the spirit enables us to sense evil. Our and and all of these, now these are all things that that are are spiritually done. And we're talking about we're talking about spiritual gifts. The spirit shows us and gives us understanding. And our brain, folks, is not the wisest part of us. I want I want to take you somewhere for a minute. There again, you can say it's revelation or just suspicion, whatever you want to say. I don't care. I, I see people all the time here that will come in and they're high one Sunday and the next Sunday they're down. They're high on Wednesday, down Sunday morning, got a little pumped up, go for it on Sunday night, down again on Wednesday. And, you know, I've wondered I, I, at times, oh, is, this the, is this the condition of the world? Does the world do that to people? And to some degree, I believe that's possible. But I also think this. I think the brain is our biggest problem. Because you take someone who's spirit-filled, and just the very, the, the very sound of what I'm saying, the very fact that you are spirit-filled makes you a spiritual being. And if God's Spirit is in you, then God is going to to show you things. You're going to have dreams of warning. You're going to have visions. You're going to be able to discern good and evil. And you're going to see it, you're going to know it, you're going to understand it. But yet there's going to be the brain, the reasoning part of us that says, well, that can't be so, that person couldn't really be that way. Or am I just being suspicious about this? and am I overdoing it and, and granted there are times when we do overdo that i believe that but not always to more of a degree i believe people uh, especially for their own self for their for their uh, their own their own spirit their own soul that they, they fail to heed these things and that causes us to be depressed because we're 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 doing the very thing we shouldn't do we're kicking against what god is trying to show us i can't accept this i can't believe this if god shows you something about yourself I can't believe that I'm really that way. I can't believe that. So what are you doing? You're failing. You are failing to to cast your cares on the Lord, to depend and trust and have faith in His righteousness, but rather you're trying to trust in your own righteousness. I can't believe that about myself. I can't believe that about my wife, my husband, my children. I can't believe that that person that I had so much uh, confidence in could have uh, failed so miserably. And so even though a week prior to it, you had a dream about that person. You know, God shows you things, not necessarily to, you know, to, 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 to help you. Now, I, I, we're, we're just going on one aspect of this. Not necessarily to help you to go to that person and say, hey, you know, this is what you need to do because nine times out of ten, that person is going to say you're nuts and is not going to believe you. But for you, For you. That person failed. That person had been having an affair for 12 years. And it comes out all at once. And and you knew about it six months ago. And all of a sudden God brings it back to you. And if you're wise, you you should take that and internalize it and say, You know, I'm not glad this has happened, but I'm glad God allowed me to know this ahead of time. This is just one example. But if we continue to fight against this instead of accepting it, then we walk around in a depressed sense all the time. We walk around angry. You ever got up and just got angry and never realized, never knew why you were angry? Did you ever get to the point where you woke up and you were depressed and you, where did this come from? But what happened to you last night? What did God speak to you? What did he tell you? And yet you wake up in the morning and every part of your brain tries to reason this out and throw it away. And so you're fighting against God and the only thing that can lead to is Depression. The only thing that can lead to is anger at yourself. And so what do you do? You take it out on your wife. You take it out on your children. Take it out on your husband. So our brain rebels, and guess what comes in after that? When you start rebelling, you start finding yourself in that condition, then the devil moves right in. Oh, see, he's got to have a roadway to get in, and you just made a road for him. Then he comes in and he takes all of this and blows it up completely, completely out of, out of. How many times? How many times you've read Facebook and seen your, seen the church being run down? You know why? And it wasn't anything to it, but because that person dreamed of some kind of indignity, some bad thing that happened to them. They go out and, they, and the devil gets a hold of it, blows it completely out of proportion. You put it out there and the whole world sees it. Let me tell you something, folks. And I'm not saying this. I don't, I don't want it to happen. But it will happen. You, you mess with that stuff, it will come back on you a hundredfold. It will come back on you. And you'll find yourself in a hard, bad place. And you'll go to that very person that did all that nasty stuff to you that you got on Facebook and told the world about. All right, moving on. We are not saved by cleverness. We are saved by the revelation of who God is. And if we have the revelation of who God is, then a big portion of our battle is won. If I believe that He truly is, Jesus Christ truly is God in the flesh, and He is the creator of all things, he created this body, He created this world, He created the universe. If He created all things, then I can believe that He can take care of every problem that I have. And I can believe that if He is talking to me and dealing with me, that He's not going to lead me in the wrong direction. That is, it's, it's, it's simple, but it's difficult. God would not predestinate the church without providing the means for it to be the most powerful institution on the earth. And our power is not of ourselves. Our power came from on high. Jesus would have, us, would, would have us do greater things than he did. And I brought this out. And sometimes we just you've got to grasp that again, understand this, that, that Paul healed by anointing a handkerchief. Actually, they were taken off the body of Paul. That's the reason that I'll dab them. You've known me. I'll dab them with oil if you ask me to. But it's not really their biblical way. They took him off the body of Paul. The anointing was on Paul. That's where the anointing was. The shadow of Peter healed people. The church is the multiplied body of Christ. Now think about it. If we are the multiplied body of Christ, everything that they did, we should be able to do. But understanding the value of why. Why am I doing this? Why do I want gifts of spirit operating? Do I want them operating for the kingdom of God or do I want them operating so that I will be seen? Jesus is limited by our choice, our choice, not his choice. Our choices is what limits him, but understand that it's not his choice to be limited. And we do spiritual working uh, using spiritual means. It's always that way. It's spiritual means that we do things by. We don't go out and by our own power are, are able to heal the sick. We don't go by our own power and see the miraculous done. This is done so people will see the unlimited power of God that is working through the church. And it does work on individuals. But it doesn't work as well as it used to simply because individuals get so caught up in it. And they begin to think there's something special. We're special in God's sight, but we are not to take His place. He does great things according to the power that worketh in us. Second Peter 1, verse 4. 2 Peter 1, verse 4 whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. We ought to show evidence of His character and His mighty power. That is what the church should do. Spiritual gifts are the heartbeat of the church. There is no effective evangelism without the manifestation of spiritual gifts. You understand that? We bring people in to the church. We teach them Bible studies. We talk in the Bible about the great things that Jesus has done. We teach them out of the book of Acts. We show them in the book of Acts how mighty works the disciples, the apostles did. We we show them. We read it to them. They read it to us. We go on and we, we kind of puff up and say, and it's still effective in the church today. God is still doing wonderful things. They come to church. They get a wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. That is a miracle. And that's the last thing they see. Shouldn't be that way. And we don't have that much problem with it here. But so many churches are going that direction. A lady made a statement of <coughs> she's a preacher's wife. And uh, we were discussing this one time, and she said, uh, she told me, she said, until I met him, she said, I thought that Pentecost was just a way of life. You just dressed this way and you went to heaven. And to be honest with you, when I first came into church, that's the way I thought. You went to church, you put on a standard, you didn't even really know why, you guessed at it few times you would hear it, you throw everything out of your house, and that's all you had to do. <clears throat> Be sure you go to church every time, doors open, and that's all good and we should do all that. But when I got in church, I began to think, you know, I could get all that I'm supposed to do on one page of the Bible, how about the rest of it? And so you begin to read and you begin to see there's other things. And like any young idiot, you go too far the other way. And you begin to think. Then you get upset, you know. This person came down to be healed and they're walking away unhealed. I'm down here scratching my head wondering what in the world's wrong here. Why is this working this way? Why, why is this happening? You know, I, I just read. I just believed it. I just preached it. And you begin to question. And all of a sudden, you know, next time someone comes down... Number touches them They're sitting in the back And God heals them of cancer And then you're You know <laughs> God begins to let you know I'm in charge that's, that's really the key right here I'm in charge You just keep praying for people You keep doing what you're supposed to I'll take care of the rest Don't doubt me Trust in my righteousness There's things going on here That you don't understand And that's exactly what God Tries to do with his people <clears throat> First Corinthians two four. Paul relied solely on the demonstration of the Spirit. I think. Do you have that one? Uh, you can get it quickly. First Corinthians two verse four. I don't know if I had brought that out. You got it. Thank you. And my language and my message were not set forth in persuasive, enticing, and plausible words of wisdom, but they were in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power, a proof by the Spirit and the power of God operating. On, on me and stirring in the minds of my hearers the most holy emotions and thus persuading them look at this that tells it right there the Amplified really brings that out well it's the demonstration of the spirit and power a proof that the power of God is working through me and persuading other people as a result of the spirit of God working through me not a matter of look this is Paul Only Paul can do this. Paul's a great healer. Paul's a great this. It was a power of God, Paul said, working through me, persuading others that the one that I serve is the one true God. That's what this is about. It's persuading others. And that's why the gifts of the Spirit are so vital and important today in the church. Gifts are special endowments of supernatural energy. It's the best way of putting it. It's supernatural energy. We are not to be ignorant or unlearned about them. We're not ignorant and unlearned about the devices of the devil. Why should we be ignorant and unlearned about the devices of God? Why should we? You know, as a church is edified through the spiritual gifts, Jesus Christ is glorified. You know, look at some of the examples, and again, I'm just giving you a kind of introduction tonight of, of what all this is about. Uh, the examples of the gifts of the Spirit. You see, in Acts 5, Peter knows what Ananias and Sapphira have done because they went out, sold the land, and held back part of the price. It was theirs to do with what they wanted. They didn't have to lie about it. And so, what did, the, did, did Peter do? He said, You know, it's not a matter. This is yours. You can do with what you want. But you lied to the Holy Ghost. Let me, let me give you something here. I'm not special. But you go out and do something. You come up and lie to me. It's not just lying to me when it comes to church business. You're lying to the Holy Ghost. This is God's church, not Robertson's church. Never has been. Never will be. You understand that. That's something you need to really take. You need to really let that soak in. Don't don't lie to a man of God. Now, when it comes to church business, you shouldn't lie. Period. But I'm just saying, you know, I don't want to see someone walking out and dragging your body out. You know, I just seem not to have that happen. With too much paperwork. All right. Acts nine. Ananias is sent to Paul. Spirit of God came to Ananias and said, go over, pray for Paul. He's blind. You know, pray for him. He didn't want anything to do with him. It was the Spirit of God, the gifts of revelations, what we're talking about. Peter knows what Ananias and fire have done, gifts of revelation. Acts 9, Ananias is sent to Paul, gift of revelation. Acts 10, Peter is sent to preach to Cornelius. Again, gift of revelation. Cornelius is praying, and he said, now, go send. Uh, angel of the Lord comes to him, he said, now, go send for one Peter at Joppa. He'll tell you what you need to do. He's at Simon the Tanner's house. He said, he'll tell you what you need to do. And so there we see Revelation. You see discerning of spirits in Acts 13, 6 through 11. I know you have that one. Let's look at that one. When they had passed through the entire island of Cyprus as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain Jewish wizard or sorcerer, a false prophet named Bar-Jesus. Elemas by the way, is the same word, Bar the reason it brings it up that way. He was closely associated with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, who was an intelligent and sensible man of sound understanding. He summoned to him Barnabas and Saul, or Paul, and sought to hear the word of God concerning salvation in the kingdom of God, attained through Christ. But Elemus, the wise man, for that is the translation of his name. So Elemus was a wise man. And obviously he was he was pretty wise here. He had this guy in his pocket. For that is the of his name, which he had given himself. Well, that's, you know, I could change my name to wise man. Opposed them, seeking to keep proconsul from accepting the faith. He knew that he would lose, his, lose his, his ticket. He'd lose his money. And what did Paul go on to do with him? Let's look at it. But Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit, looked steadily to Lemus and said, You you master in every form of deception and recklessness, unscrupulousness and wickedness. You son of the devil, you enemy of everything that is upright and good, will you never stop perverting and making crooked the straight paths of the Lord and plotting against his saving purposes? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind, so blind that you will be unable to see the sun for a time. Instantly there fell upon him a mist and darkness and he groped about seeking persons who would lead him by the hand this is an interesting scripture simply because you see that the lemas let the devil lead him before so now paul just simply says all right the devil led you before now everybody's going to have to lead you i'm striking you with blindness you're blind enough to follow after a spirit like that and to be deceptive and be a son of the devil then you're going to be led around by everybody so, you know, you see the turning of spirits. Paul was able to do this. Acts 16, Paul cast out a devil at Philippi. Now, it was her days. A young lady followed Paul and Silas, saying that these are the servants of the Most High God. She was a soothsayer. What she did was simply, uh, you know, she was. She, in fact, the, the Bible in the original says that she had a spirit that was special. That's how it says it. Special simply means this, that she would tell you exactly what you wanted to hear. I want you to understand something. Be very careful of the person who always tells you what you want to hear. Be cautious of the flatterer. That can be a demonic spirit, and that spirit is very difficult to see through. Because everybody's ego likes to be soothed. Everybody's ego likes to be uh, kind of petted and prompted just a little bit here and there. And we can fall for that. A soothsayer. It's a demonic spirit that is so very prevalent in our time. Everybody's accepted anymore in our culture. Every religion is accepted. That may sound good, but you had a lot more revival when they used to throw tomatoes at us. So, so Acts 16, he cast this devil out of Philippi. He recognized it for what it was. You know, you would think, well, what's wrong with this, this young lady going around saying, these are the servants of the Most High God? You know, it says that he has got tired of it because he knew where it was coming from. You know, we can be fooled about spirits, but God can't be fooled about spirits. Let's look at the last one I'm going to talk about here. Well, there's two more, but the gift of faith. Uh, special faith for the moment. Acts 3, Peter heals a man at the gate called beautiful. It was for the moment. Now, I know that's healing. I realize that is, and it gets kind of, um, it gets kind of, and we're going to, I hope, get into a little bit more in depth later when you start talking about faith and miracles and healing. They get kind of clouded there's edges here they overlap one another and and we call them one thing or the other but when it comes to a now this is again this is robertson revelation i personally you know you've got a biblical right to come down and ask somebody to anoint you with oil and pray for you should you be you that ask for the anointing not me anointing you biblically you are to ask for it the Bible says, that they shall lay hands, these signs shall follow them that believe, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Alright, so you can lay hands, uh, someone who believes can lay hands on someone and they can recover. But there is also that special faith, and I've had it happen to me many times. I don't necessarily always feel like coming down and praying for someone because I'd like for God to speak to me about it. And it's not, if you want me to, I'll do it. But if God speaks to me and I come down, I promise you that God knows all about it and something's going to happen. That's that special faith, that gift of faith that God says, it's just what happened here. You know, he was walking by, all, the, all this, this guy asked for, hey, alms, I need some little, little cash. You know, I got to go to the Pepsi machine over here. You know, I, I need something. You know, and so all of a sudden he said he locks his eyes on him. God spoke to him, I'm going to heal this guy right now. And he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of the Lord Jesus of Nazareth. Rise and walk. And he was healed instantly. Caused him a lot of trouble. But he was healed instantly because there was a gift of faith. It was a special operation. Then you have the working of miracles. Manifestations of God's power in a special way. Paul heals a man that fell from a window. I mean, he didn't really heal him. He brought him back to life. Resurrected him. He had preached long, a man fell asleep, fell out of the window and was dead. Paul jumped on, and his hand covered his hands, and his face covered his face, and and life came back into the man. So that was a special working of a miracle. Acts 5.11, the gifts of healing are in operation there. So you see, and again, I'm just just going over it very um, lightly tonight, the gifts of healing and operation, all of these are for us today. And we need to have these reinforced in the church often because if we don't, we begin to just become like any other denomination. We just come to church, we put in our time, and we go home, and we're not changed. God wants us to change. I, I want you to stand with me for a minute. I, I've- I've- I felt something in the Holy Ghost a little earlier. And I-, I-, I, want- I want to say this before I go any further. We do not live in the world... That we appear to live in. We do not live in the world that we appear to live in. We live in one that is much larger. Much, much larger. And as we become more aware of the deeper things, then you're going to begin to scorn the shallow things. Does anybody understand what I'm saying when I say that? There's times when you understand when things are shallow, and you're not used to that. I don't want to come to church and find shallowness there and go home the way that I came in. I do not. I want you to close your eyes just a moment. I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar. The altar is always open here, and I think everybody knows that. But I'm not necessarily making this an altar call. and I don't want any music. I don't want anything. I, I, just, I just want to talk to a couple of people tonight. And when I begin to uh, teach about the uh, spirit of saying, uh, the young lady, the damsel, was following uh, Paul around, I, I began to feel something. And I began to feel, actually I felt two things. I, I began to feel that someone was being flattered and being coached, if you would, into believing something that's not true. And I believe you've been dealing with, uh, and I'm just telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I believe it's been a family member, possibly a close friend, that has been working with you and trying to bring you out of what you know to be right. And they're doing it through flattery, through through soothsaying. They are doing it, they're doing it through a demonic spirit. And I'm just simply going to say it straight up because that's exactly what I feel. And I'm going to take it to one other person. I'm going to take it to this individual that is in here that God has been dealing with. That you've been having dreams, you've had visions, and you walk from one high to the to a low just instantly because you know that God is dealing with you. You know that God is talking to you. You know that, but you can't quite break free. You, can't quite, you just can't quite get where you want to be. You can't accept that God could ever do anything with you because you're just not clean enough. And the reason that you feel that way is you have not accepted God's righteousness. You're trying to do it on your own righteousness. You walk from depression to anger to just, just a, a darkness of the soul. You're up, you're down. You're mad at your family. You're mad at your your friends. All of this is is constantly working at you. God has talked to you in the in the in the wee hours of the morning through dreams. God has given you visions. You have had them through the day. You've seen it. You know it. But you can't accept it. And I'm asking you now, just to all of us together. I'm not asking anybody to be. I, I don't want to. To focus on any person Though I feel like I know who you are Let's just all raise our hands together right now And let's, let's ask God to loosen These two people To be able to accept what's happening to them To be able to reveal to them you know, It could be that, that you've been having these dreams God's been dealing with you And you don't even, you're not even sure But God wants to show you tonight that it is he that is doing it and it's not something that you're imagining. And to the person who's being uh, who's being coached, who's being been conj- cajoled, there's a better word, uh, in- into believing something that is not true. Right now in the name of Jesus, I stand against that spirit, I bind it in Jesus' name, and if it continues to bother you, it will be cast into the pit before it's time.
1: I pray Horif Shandra Karaname. Fialaborotiolo brotila miles sicilia rocho cobalati selamar laboris shadow of bologni fro signa shondo baratingenelle hischo hi in the name of jesus in the name of jesus in the name of jesus solo bombandes If you feel, I'm just, oh, op-
0: I'm not telling you you have to. I'm just, oh, I feel like I need to, to, to let you know this, that if you feel like you just need hands laid on you tonight, if you're that person or persons, then you can come down here and we will lay hands on you. If you feel, I just feel like I need to offer that option. I just feel like I need to offer it. If you feel like that you need to do that, you are welcome to come down. If you know, sometimes a lying spirit can be so deceptive, so deceptive. It can be such a such a way that can hurt you. You not even know that you're being hurt. If One of your brothers would go over here and just pray for him, please. Lay hands on him to help him through this. Is there anyone else that feels? And again, you know, God can take care of the situation right where you stand but i also know that sometimes just that little extra makes a difference for you
1: It's that little bit of extra can make a big difference sando ruhu shahara mai hindus ki kendala har tore ma sin yuleman distu quando lo rimesh in mai maso coda mine quando ele are bassi le procestice da kendalo broculo bro suo and we would do rejoice in the Prophets, all about the man. Hallelujah! 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 Oh,
0: I feel God lifted some things tonight. Some revelation went forth. Some things lifted. And if you allow the Holy Ghost freedom to talk to you and you listen to Him, and you believe that His righteousness is enough for you, and you'll begin to see your life straighten out, you'll begin to see things that you've had a difficult time doing, living right in certain areas that you've struggled with so much, but when you begin to depend on His righteousness, it'll just come naturally. It'll come naturally for you. It won't be difficult any longer. That's what this is all about. Understanding His power. Understanding there has been things in my life that I have dealt with, struggled with, fought with, and I tried everything in the world I could to overcome some areas in my life until I finally learned that, God, I cannot do this. I begin to just say to Him in prayer, God, this thing is too big for me. You've got to take care of it. And when I did that a few times, I began to see things just... Straighten right out. I begin to straighten right out. Let's raise our hands one more time into
1: the Holy Ghost. Jesus, come on, let's do la If you're not allowed, you're not allowed to see me. Since Mmm. Hallelujah.
0: You know, I expect this Wednesday crowd to go somewhere, be able to do something in the Holy Ghost. Maybe we can be an encouragement to the Sunday bunch. Lord bless you. Turn and shake someone's hand. Tell them that they're a great person and you love them and you're dismissed.